passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are we recording? Do we hit the record button? That's our first. That's our first. We were somewhere. We we started, and they were like, uh, oh, thirty minutes was, in. They're like, oh, we we uh, we." That we, was the old studio. We're not recording, so I just want to make sure we're recording. The rest of what happens is up to you guys. <laughs> the following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. North bumper clear, clear by two. Pretty really shallow entry. Door bumper clear. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brett Griffin. You're listening to episode number 299, Freddie, of Door Two. Bumper Clear. We're coming straight out of a wet New Hampshire, and uh, we got about three-quarters of the gang here. Yeah, what's up? Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubble Wallace, Chandler Smith this week. I had Doug Kobe in the modified race. Uh, pretty solid week for me. Fast? Weekend. You were fast. fast for a change. Yeah, like I uh, I actually had three top tens in, in two seconds this weekend, so that was good for me. But what's up, Casey? Yes, I noticed your average finish for all three weekend or all three races really, really went up this weekend. I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, Casey Vote here. Unfortunately, TJ is still a little bit under the weather, so thinking about him, but I know he'll be back next week with plenty to talk about he'll be back to annoy us soon enough I yeah mean, he's he already did. doing it enough via text <laughs> yeah, so. he, he didn't go to the racetrack this weekend obviously brian kozlowski filled in for his brother brad uh to spot i had two dnfs freddie on i-77 yesterday <laughs> you did i uh, i hit a f- deer at exit 30 um going 18 miles an hour and it somehow or another just just managed to come through my radiator and then i would borrow my daughter's car to go downtown Charlotte, and I blew her car up on I-77, so it's at the dealership getting fixed, and uh, very expensive Monday I, for me. I saw you roll up in Gramps' car, and I was just happy to see it made it, because you texted me yesterday about those wrecks, and we were, I said, listen, if you need a car, I can drop John's car off, or you can have my truck or something, and you're like, no, I think I got Gramps' car, and hopefully I'll <laughs> hopefully it makes it to the studio tomorrow, so when you when you come rolling through the gate, I was, I was, well, I was pretty in, impressed. In addition to a cluster of a Monday, I got to add a three-hour drive to commute to go get Gramps' car in South Carolina to bring it home, but thank goodness that was an option because I don't have rental car coverage in my inner insurance, which I did not know. Oh. Um, so for those of you with insurance coverage like mine, where you pay out the butt and uh, you need a rental car, uh, they're not going to pay for it. <laughs> Megan, you guys, I don't you have a backup should, car. You should talk to Megan's guy. Megan had a rental car when she just knocked. She recently destroyed her Jeep, and and she had a rental car for a little while. But yeah. New Hampshire was definitely wet. I will give it that. I ran into rain all week. I went to Stafford for the SRX race, which is a bunch of fun. Uh, I had a blast over there. Obviously, you might have seen me wandering around with a beer in my hand on pit road. Is it which because is of who won? Probably also? frowned upon. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't. Obviously, he could have done without us. Um, we we had a you know maybe I had I held the stupid end of the tow boards. Have you ever seen tow boards go over the wall? They check you know they lit ladies boards up against the front tires and and check the front tow and. Uh, 
if you're on the smart end, that means you're reading the end of the tape measure that's, you know, that matters. And if not, you're just holding the tape measure. So I, even though I might have partook in some, some heavy alcohol drinking before the race, I was smart enough at that point to know that I don't need to be reading the tape measure. I'll just hold it. Uh, but yeah, he had some contact and he was worried that the toe was knocked out. So they kind of let us check it before they worked on it. But tell, tell me about the SRX experience. I was surprised that Tony and look, I realize that there are a lot of things in play. He went head to head with his own racetrack, um, a nine o'clock start, which is which is obviously late. Four hundred thousand people watched um, on ESPN. Awesome to see live racing back on ESPN, especially on a Thursday night. But tell me about the environment because the place was packed. I mean, I'm telling. I've been to Stafford. I hadn't been back to Stafford in a long time. I figured out it was like 2010, uh, but that was obviously the biggest crowd I've ever seen there. Um, the environment was unbelievable. You know, the drivers kind of had their own, the, the SRX drivers have their own pit area. Like that's kind of, you know, secluded from the, the weekly series racing. Um, but there's fans walking around there with their own passes, similar to you see at a cup race. You know, they have your typical like hot pass VIP passes. Um, and, but then they brought all the drivers over. I think there was, there was a stage set up in the fan zone or where, where you could get to with just a regular ticket, I assume. And, you know, they brought three or four drivers up at a time and did a full Q&A where they spent, each driver probably spent, you know, 15, 20 minutes up there just answering questions, talking about what they expect, if they've been to Stafford before, you know, just the history of Stafford and, and just the environment. Like, there's there's nowhere that you can go to. You can't go to a cup race and get that right now. You know, you might get lucky and your driver's doing an appearance at a booth out front in the midway or something like that. But these guys were all mandatory. Everyone that was there, whether it was Tony Stewart to Paul Tracy to, you know, obviously Clint and Denny and, and Brad and Kevin were there. Um, you know, the, it was just phenomenal access, I thought. And they, and they went down, we were taking pictures. I, I wasn't over there during the Q&A, but I heard Clinton was out in the crowd wandering around, which is not hard to believe. Um, but, yeah, this, the, the, the event itself was phenomenal. They lined up all the cars on the front stretch, and the fans were out there screaming and yelling at them. I'm going to ask you one thing. Is 12 cars enough cars to keep it entertaining? Uh, I think so. You know, it's – I mean, obviously, you could you could add more. but And I think that they need to figure out what their identity is because I don't think – not that obviously Denny's great, but if it's almost not fair, in my opinion, you know, like you got a guy like Denny Hamlin, a guy like Kevin Harvick, Brad, that are out there, kind of top of their game. Denny, you know, Denny's probably in his prime right now, and you know, it showed. You know what I mean? You, you got him out there, and he and he was the class of the field. Clint, just you know, Clint was really good. Newman was really good towards the end of the race. Didn't Harvick wreck like three times? Yeah, Harvick had, in, he so, struggled a little bit. I mean, bit. you never really know. But you know, it's still you know you got. Denny Hamlin against Paul Tracy. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, if you're going to go Paul there, Tracy can't even be Paul Tracy. <laughs> you know, so I think, it, like, we were, I was talking about this with Herm the other day, and it's like, what what is your identity? Do you want to be the cool series? And I, what I think they're missing a little bit, which I thought was great a couple years ago, and it's actually going to happen this week, um, you know, the local guy. You know, we've seen Doug Kobe go win that race a couple yep. years ago. You know, Luke Fenhouse won at Slinger. Um, you know, the, the local guy is is more relatable to that Paul Tracy. I think that's a more level playing field across the series. But, yeah, Danny got out front and kind of I felt like he was probably just toying with him. Um, yeah, it, I guess looking at it, it's like hearing you describe it, it's like a semi-IROC series because you do have a very high-caliber 
level of drivers that are in the middle of their careers. And then you kind of have that senior PGA feel that you're going for with guys like Tony, Paul Tracy, Bobby Labonte. Yeah, Schrader. Um, Schrader, yeah. I mean, they're, they're obviously on the backside of their careers and trying not to race in, in some of the most highly competitive series like the Cup Series. But I thought it was super nostalgic, huge fan of, of what they're doing, and cool to see it on ESPN. Um, but I was just curious how it was walking around because I, I want to get to one of the races. Obviously, Connecticut is not really within – reach especially when i don't have a car uh, <laughs> but, but hopefully one of these one of these races i'll be able to get to it was cool to see clint back up front i knew going into that race he was going to drive as hard as he could possibly drive because his competitive juices haven't been flowing in a while and we all know how much he hates to lose i mean look and I, I won the all-star open with him a million times so yeah, i knew was the- i knew that was going to be his mindset going in is i gotta win and i was watching him drive it in so deep i was like he, this is typical clip it was really funny so i had doug, i was with doug most of the day kobe and uh, he's a good friend of mine. I obviously spotted for him on Saturday in the modified race. And uh, so first he got he got commandeered. He got Danny dragged him on his golf cart and took him off to his bus to pick his brain about the track wheels. And, and Doug have also known each other a long time, so they were they were in there you know talking about it. So then on the grid, I introduced Doug to Clint. And Clint's like, Hey, what do you got? You know, you got tips. And Doug's like, Here, man, listen. The, the only tip I can give you is just drive the out of it. You know, he's like, because if you don't drive the having a heat race. You know, you're going to end up starting in the back and you're never going to be able to get to the front, yada, yada, yada. So <laughs> Clint drives his out of it. Then after the race, I see Clint because I'm hauling ass because it started to rain, obviously. So I'm hauling ass back to Danny's bus to try to escape the rain for a minute. And uh, <laughs> it's like, he's like, where's that Kobe at? He's like, I burned the brakes off this son of for 20 to go driving this <laughs> like he told me to. So he said, I guess at the end, because he was right he was right there with Danny for most of it, and then he kind of faded, I guess, when the brakes started going away. But uh, I thought it was funny that he's like, where's that Kobe at? I'm going to find him. Yeah, he must have had the H. Scott brakes from back in the day uh, on that thing. Uh, it you, was- you have an interesting point, though. Tony essentially going against himself when it comes to viewership yeah. <sighs> with the, obviously, Eldora going the, on. Eldora Million, yeah. not just Eldora. Like, one of the biggest sprint car races of all time, obviously the biggest purse of all time, and both started you know late. I mean that sprint car race, I, I kind of thought it was a blessing for Tony when the SRX race ended a little early, so people could flip over. But I'm just curious, Casey, what the ratings do this week, um, and obviously you know SRX has got to go back to the same track at Stafford because of the floodings in Vermont, which is unfortunate for those guys. But I just felt like the ratings, if they started at 7.30 and what weren't head-to-head with Eldora Million, they'd have been better than that. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, I I don't know who, this deal with the Thunder Road, I, I feel awful for these guys because obviously it's completely out of their control. It sounds like the facility is ready to go. You know, if it sounds like the facility's fine, ready to go, the problem is, and I don't, I'm not familiar with the area, some of the guys, Dave Rogers that works at, at 2311 was telling me about it. My buddy Scott Tapley's up there sending me pictures of the roads just completely washed out underwater the road that he would normally take to get there but it's you know i go back and look and and a lot of people that may not be familiar with under road they just built a brand new control tower just for this race oh wow they built you know they they've obviously spent upwards of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in advertising for this race 
out the window. They had to lay out a, a fee to get the race, you know, that's yeah. now out Sanctioning the window. Body fee, yeah. Now that everybody's like, oh, it's great that they're getting, you know, everybody's getting a refund. Well, guess who's giving the refund? The, the track. racetrack. So it's, you know, it, it's a big hit to them. And I'm hoping, obviously, that they get a race date next year again or or something to work out in the future where they, they kind of recoup some of this. But just a heartbreak for them. And, and I don't, you know, obviously Stafford, they're already there. It's kind of logistically easy for them to just kind of sit there, work on the cars, get ready. They got a good deal with Ryan Priest going this week. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was also a win. How many people came from that race to New Hampshire that weekend? The oh, number yeah. of people I met who said they went, they went, say they saw Harvick, they saw Denny. I mean, that's pretty cool when you make a full weekend of it on top of the modified race too, which I know Freddie, you talked about a little bit. Um, really, really well done, I would say, when it comes to Northeast. And- yeah, and it's not far. You know, we went, obviously, that's Megan's home track. We went up to Connecticut a couple days early, and it's only uh, like two and a half, three-hour drive from from the racetrack, from Stafford to to Loudon. So, it's you know, it's a, it lends itself to a good lead into the weekend. But We need to move on, Mess yeah. RX, but one more thing. Um, NASCAR raced at Eldora up until the point that Tony started SRX. And when Tony started SRX, the truck series stopped going to Eldora. You don't think Eldora. that was a coincidence? I don't think it was a coincidence. I mean, we talked about it on here when it happened, and we foresaw it coming. We saw NASCAR and Eldora unfollow each other on social media prior to it being announced. <laughs> they, that they, were, they blocked each other? That they were, I don't know. I would have. I were them. Probably uh, on Brett's but, list. But my point, is, my point is this. We go to a lot of really cool racetracks, uh, obviously the Richmonds, the Martinsvilles, et cetera. I would love to see us – Look at partnering with SRX and putting Tony and NASCAR, you know, Love Fest back together. Have them open the weekend on Thursday night, trucks on Friday night, Xfinity Saturday night, Cup Sunday night. Like, what an amazing weekend. And and I am a bigger fan of SRX feeling more like the senior PGA. You know, I don't mind a NASCAR guy in there, too. Obviously, by racing on Thursday night, you open the door for these current NASCAR drivers to be able to go do it. But to your point... And, and I know you've a marketing guru, uh, but they do lack a little bit of identity. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, it's, and, you know, it's obviously, it draws a crowd. You know, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, them guys are, are bringing people and putting asses in the seats. But at the same time, then they're just going to go out there and, and probably dominate. Yeah, yeah. You know? But so, so would Bill Elliott and Bobby Labonte and Ken Schrader. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's got to be, I feel like you got to go one or the other. Like you can't, yeah. for the racing product itself, you can't really have a mix of both. Yeah. But yeah, uh, New Hampshire, um, obviously Martin Truex kicked our asses all day yesterday. Um, actually, both JGR cars dominated both races this weekend. Uh, John Hunter was phenomenal on Saturday. Martin, phenomenal on Sunday. Did you have anything for John Hunter at all on Saturday with Chandler? Because obviously Chandler started on the pole, was running top four most of the race, obviously had some good restarts there. Did you have anything for him? I don't think so. I think we were a second or third place car. I thought it was us. The 20 and the double zero were the, the kind of the class of the field. The eight was pretty good a lot of the race um but i 20 was kind of lights out you know if we yeah. could have got out you know we could never get out in front of him you know we got out in front of one restart and he kind of got right around us on the restart if if we could have got out front and maybe you know got in pace because after short run speed we didn't have anything for him after yeah. about 20 laps or so we would all run the same lap time and we would all maintain pretty much the same gap if i felt like anyway so i don't know if we could get a gap out front and maybe him getting traffic and have to run us down at some point but he was lights out when we we had that deal where the guys flipped the stage and ended up we kind of all restarted mid-pack it we all were going to drive back to where the top three were but john hunter got straight to the lead again so i think he was clearly the class of the field and, and same thing with martin on sunday or monday i guess <laughs> Um, and then the only other one I seen a note here that they wanted to mention the modified race, which obviously I think is the best race in the world. Um, it's 
a phenomenal race. It was a terrible finish. We lost by a bumper. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of brought it up for a reason earlier. Okay. So I know this you skip that one but. it's it's actually funny because I, I like i talked about me and doug being really good friends we i used to spot for him randomly like i would always i worked for one team mostly but then there would obviously be these one-off races different series different tracks so i would always kind of get hooked up randomly with doug once or twice a year and we had a i think it was probably a 12-year stretch of dns we would wow. we would lead races i think there was one race we finished we got disqualified and then this was the first time we finished a race probably since like 2010 11 something like that so that was i'm surprised he keeps having you back. he fired me he actually fired <laughs> I don't me blame I like, him. he was the first person to ever fire me from spotting and then like tommy ball you're right, tommy baldwin now so i don't think tommy gave him an option and luckily we we made it work this week but yeah so that was cool to do that again almost won uh, but yeah, so a couple seconds on Saturday. Did y'all take one tire at any point? Uh, no, we did four. We did four. <laughs> Doug, the Brett spotted a race for uh, Doug, and did he, he did one tire and three tires, right? Yeah, like I was like, my radio. <laughs> They're talking about doing one tire. You can't put one tire on a he's, race car. He's looking at me. He's like, "What's going on?" Because like the modified series, they'll give them four tires, but they don't specify what they are. So a lot of times they'll put three tires on, not change the left front, and then come back later for a right rear or vice versa or whatever. So it was uh, it was fun. We were kind of racing darkness. We were leading with I don't know twenty to go, and it was kind of getting dark. And I'm like, I can't see. Sh- Throw the checker. I'm yelling at the official up there, but they didn't. They didn't believe I mean, me. And you were also reason. like five minutes out from a huge torrential downpour. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm it impressed. Was, you guys it was it was a lot of rain this week. That deal on Saturday rained real hard. Then Sunday, obviously, it rained all day. I I seen some people complaining that they called the race. It rained all day where I was at. I was in Concord, and it was it rained all day. So I don't know what happened. We're over by the racetrack, but we wouldn't have gotten a window in time. No. I think at two. Oh, you were the one tweeting about the windows, Casey. I see, oh, Casey. It was a joke. Damn, Casey, getting feisty. You've been Brett's been rubbing off on you. Well, <laughs> uh, you were tweeting how big that window was. I was like, wow. I'll tell you who did not have a good weekend. Um, I think I can guess, but you go, go first. Ahead. Who you got? Uh, Eric Amarola. Oh, no, that, yes. He did not have a good week. <laughs> Kyle Busch did not have a good weekend. Kyle Busch had a bad weekend. Kyle Busch wrecked every time he hit the racetrack. <laughs> Practice, qualifying, and then like super early in the race. I don't know what they had going on there, but I, I seen Derek had everybody out to the camper for. I went out to the camper too. First, the Hirschman ate 37 lobsters. Yeah, I and there was that Hirsch. was only part of the 5,000 lobsters that they had. Um, and there, I, but the, the whole team went out there, so maybe they maybe they have a shellfish allergy or something because they <laughs> did not have a good weekend after that. Yeah, they might want to move camp spots <laughs> next year, maybe go out to eat, try something, definitely change up the route. Shout, shout out, I always got to give a shout out to uh, I always call her Derek's cousin Megan. She is not Derek's cousin, but her name is Megan, and she beat us all shotgunning beers again. And I, I know they listen to the podcast, so. I have to always give her she that. Out. She looks Dude, first of all, she takes the can, bites a fucking hole in it. That's not that's not <laughs> safe. <laughs> bites the hole in it. She's already scared the competition and, and off. Then, and then just shotguns a beer and beats every guy standing we there. We need a video of this. Oh, I'm sure there's got to be a video of it somewhere. Her and I got I knew she was really fast so they like we were pretty close to the finish line and they they called me for jumping the start. So I, which I had I knew I had to do it, you know, that's yeah. just you, you can't just she lose. Bites a hole oh, in she the bites she a hole for, like a marine or something. So <laughs> Derek <laughs> Derek told me she you know, she always. I've met, met her probably five years ago, probably, yeah. and she's done this every year. It's like a, a party now that we do. That's like a party I trick. Think she does it every week. So, like, as of last year, she had to change sides because she wore her uh, tooth out on this on this left side. You know, it's like the little 
the fang. Fang, fang tooth. So she wore the left side out, so she had to switch over to the right side now. So that's that's God kind of the party. That's that, America. <laughs> I, listen, I, it's 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 a it's you know I that mean, deal's fun. I I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's it's a blast. Well, Derek's family's out there. Everybody's out maybe there. Maybe she but. bit Kyle Bush while he was out yeah, there. Something maybe, maybe. maybe that's why I had a bad weekend. <laughs> Speaking of something drivers who ended up with a well less than stellar finish, how about Almirola having probably the best run of the year? So I he I mean he I don't think he was going to be Truex, but you know crazier things have happened if Truex gets a penalty or something. He was he was easily a top three or four car. Yeah, but I didn't so. Obviously, we see him wreck. I see the wheels come off. Did I go back now? Look at Twitter. Were you? I don't know if you were watching at this point, but did he ask if the wheel was loose? Well, the crew chief apparently, because the crew chief told him it was tight, and then after the wreck, the crew chief told him it was loose. So um, I know there was a lot of people on social media, MF and his crew chief. But uh, you you have to you have to realize where Eric sat in his career. There's a lot of gossip going around that he's hanging the helmet up at the end of the year and this is a chance for him to win make the playoff you know kind of have an awesome you know mid-season moment to get you into the playoffs and and man that was heartbreaking I mean to wreck from the lead Uh, and here's the thing too it's a two-tire stop it's not a four-tire stop like you just have to go in there hit your marks be smooth get in and out without a problem and to have one loose on a two-tire stop, man, that makes it even more frustrating for everybody. He, and and I, I listen, I have wrecked race cars. I have said clear when you're not clear. I have given bad information. I have wrecked race cars, and I couldn't sleep for days. I mean, you literally feel like a piece of shit for days. I can't imagine, unless there was a mechanical failure with a gun, I can't. Man, that rear tire changer, I promise you, he wanted to cover himself up with a blanket on the plane and not look at anybody, not talk to anybody. And look, man, it's not the end of the world. You'll get another chance to change tires. Uh, but that's hard to swallow in yeah. our sport. Yeah, and you talk about two-tire stops. We'll touch on Eric. That's his best racetrack. That was his best option opportunity yeah. to probably get in the playoffs. You know, he's got, you know, obviously not a stellar road course racer. Got a couple road courses coming up. He's, He's good at Richmond. Plate racing. Yeah. And then Richmond is another one for him. But but this was his, you know, he won here a couple years ago. This was going to be his best chance. But then you talk about two-tire stops. We see another issue later where where I don't know I don't know if – I seen people this morning telling me I needed to call him what an idiot. If it's Blaney – if this is on Blaney or the crew chief, but they do a two-tire stop on the 12 who's running second all day, probably the second-best car, and – they don't give the right front changer a chance to get around the car, and he takes off with the guy sitting there like it's an IndyCar stop, and and that's a penalty. He ran over the hose, and that's a, you know running over. So I don't know if if Ryan just took off in the jack drop, or if they sent him, you know. But it's just you know that's obviously no good, and it ruined their day also. So two tire stops, and there was a lot of pit road problems yesterday. I think the twenty had a loose wheel. There was a lot of penalties. Um, it just seemed like guys, and I don't know if we're getting down to it, where where guys are pressure. you know pressure or pressing a little bit too much or or whatnot. But yeah, it would, there was a bunch of issues yesterday. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools 
into positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. So, Freddie, they... uh they showed William Byron, who also had a problem on pit road. He came in, he did his stop, and when he pulled out of his stall, uh, he made contact with Justin Haley. And at that point, um, and William was fast. He was certainly in the top three or four. After that, we never saw him again. And I think this is something that somebody's got to accept big responsibility for. It's either on the crew chief or it's on the spotter. Now, I've spotted this both ways. I've spotted this with Jeff Burton who only wanted me to call pit road. And I'm going to tell all you crew chiefs something. I can see more than you can see. Despite what you think, you're standing on the pit box. You want to call him in and out. I get it. But the spotter can see more than the crew chief in almost every single scenario. And Jeff Burton realized that, and he would only let the spotter call him in and out of his pit box. Okay. Now, in this particular scenario, I don't know who called him out. All right. But the spotter has got to be doing one thing on channel two if he's not the one calling him out. He's got to be telling him, hey, Justin Haley's coming around. Be careful right here to at least put the, the crew chief in queue. If that happened, it puts it even more on the crew chief, right? But the spotter, even if he's not spotting, he has a chance to help, yeah. right? Um, but it is on the crew chief. It is on whoever is talking when William Byron leaves that pit box. I'm going to tell you something. You can't win championships making these mistakes. That's a very, very simple mistake. But if you're at Phoenix and you do that and you're in the Final Four and it's the last stop of the day or maybe even the first stop of the day because you run a risk of tearing your nose up – you can't have these these screw ups, and we've all done it. I yeah. mean, listen, I've I've torn up fast race cars on pit road, or watched you know crew chiefs and drivers screw them up. I've never personally wrecked a car on pit road, um, but they have got to clean that up. You can't have this happen. Yeah, and like you said, you call it like I call it anyway. If I'm not ninety percent of the time, the crew chief's going to call them in and out of the box. We get them ten away. Crew chief counts them down, gets them out, and then as soon as they get out, we call, we take over again. But in your to your point, when I would call them in, you know, the guy's sitting there on channel two. I'm calling the car that's coming around us or, you know, close to us. Same thing, 10 away, five away. So now you know you have a countdown in your head of I can release this guy, I can't release him, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, and sometimes that does, you know, sometimes you get lost, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, you're so focused on what you've got going on in your car you kind of lose track of the guys that are around you, especially it didn't look like Justin wasn't directly in front of them. He was he was two, two stalls you know, past. Two stalls past. Yeah. So you don't, you know, maybe that doesn't trigger you right away. But like to your point, and that, and that's Justin did nothing wrong. Justin's getting in his pit box. That's solely on the twenty four. Now, if Justin chooses to help or do something differently, that's on Justin. But but in that situation, the the responsibility is of the crew chief and the team of the twenty four to get him out without running into Justin. So the crew chief only ever really says one of two things on exit: go 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 all the way, or go 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 one lane. Yeah, you're really not. I mean, you, you have the ability to, quote, go on the jack because you're standing, 
you know, at the pit box, but we can see the car fall. Like I, I, when I look back and at the time of my career, I was just like, man, this is driver preference. Jeff wants me talking. But as that season went on, because Jeff was the first guy I ever spotted for that said, I don't want the crew chief talking to me on pit road. I want you getting me in. I want you getting me out. And after you've done a few races, you're like, I should have been doing this for everybody because I can see more than they can see. All right, so, I mean, I'm just saying that teams have got to clean that up. you got to figure your communication out because that's not an execution issue. That's a communication issue. Yeah, one more, one more thing before we move off of pit road and pitting. Obviously, uh, I'm hypersensitive to the, to the guys around us in the point standings. And the 99 car yesterday probably caught the break of a lifetime because he ran – I don't even know how long he ran. I don't even know. I think our fuel window was 80-something laps. He was he stayed out and he I saw he I think he had a bad pit stop and he was kind of trapped in the back and they ran we all kind of split in the middle like a 40 50 lap run and and we're going to go the rest of the way. He ran like 80 something laps, almost 90 laps it felt like and caught a caution. If he had to have pit under green, he would have easily been probably two laps down because he was almost getting lapped. Then they were going to come back around and lap him at least another time. Um, that would have put him probably, I would say, mid to late 20s in a finishing order if he doesn't get laps back at the end there. Um, but instead, he catches a caution right before he's got a pit, comes down pit road, ends up finishing 15th, probably saves himself 10 points. And now instead of being... 10 or 15 points behind the cut line now he's sitting there i think one or two behind us so you know that's a that's the little things in the race to look for especially with these guys around the bubble of us the 34 and and the 99 with uh, maybe aj's right there too i think uh you know th those are the little things in the race that make a big deal when it comes uh, time for Daytona. <laughs> and as much as we pull for our own team at various points during the race, it's really easy to pull even more so against another team oh. because you're literally going, take yourself out of this. Take your, I don't have to worry about you if you screw this up right here. So like it's a it's, lot of I, I made a point to say, and I never said why. I, we were kind of getting racy around some lap cars and we're, we're running somebody down. I, I made a point to tell Bubba during that run, I'm like, we can't have a caution here because I knew that if he pays under green, it's going to bury him for the race. To your point, I'm watching the end of the, set, end of the first stage and Larson's running the 34 down for 10th in the in at the stage yeah, and I'm like get that point. come on Kyle go bitch you know like <laughs> let's go and he didn't he, he lost it by a bumper but you you find yourself like you're just hypersensitive to to those cars that you're racing and that's our season right now is why really what goes on obviously if we can just win a race we're in but you know right now that's what I'm focused on is the 99 the 34 the, the 16 them guys and when what's going on with their race in accordance to ours yeah one more thing I want I really want to get your thoughts on just because it's been such a big headline this week how about bush beer leaving shr and moving to track house with ross this year or next year ross chastain's done a lot of uh really good things in the last three to four years of his career i mean when you look at uh he was left homeless when chip ganassi shut the doors on his Xfinity car after that dc solar debacle and his only opportunity right then was johnny davis motorsports and colleague racing Nutrinac Solutions, Elliot Sadler played a big part in picking him up, putting him in a fast car, goes out, contends to win, and obviously ends up in a cup car. Here's the big thing about this one, Freddie. Not only did you take one of the bigger, most prominent sponsors in NASCAR, you know, from a super team with like, like Stuart Haas Racing and Stuart Haas Racing, you take them from a Kevin Harvick, this puts Ross in a different world than he's ever been in in his career. This guy has had to fight tooth and nail every single week to be able to survive in this sport. And I, I don't know the terms of this deal. If they announce it, I'm sorry I missed it. But I do know that Bush 
Bush Light, whatever's on this card, they didn't go out and sign him to a one-year deal. You're talking a four- or five-year deal for the sponsorship. I would assume you lock Ross in for at least three years of that. Um, I'm curious, and I don't want to go off on a, on a rabbit hole here. I'm curious to see what happens with the sport, though, because if I'm a driver right now and I sign a one-year deal – I feel pretty good about it compared to where I've ever been in my career because we think that TV money may be about to pour into these race teams. And the last thing you want to do as a driver from a business perspective is go lock into a four or five year deal and then TV end up giving these owners a bunch of money and you're sitting here on a base salary you know, that, that, that people were making in the 80s versus you could have been making what key, you know, guys were making in the 2000s. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole at this particular time. But this deal for him is massive in terms of security. He's never had it. Yeah, for sure. And, and you see all the momentum in the world right now is behind Trackhouse. You know, you've seen, the, you know, they go out and win with the Project 91 car. We see their at-track presence is just kind of blowing up behind their haulers. I mean, they've got live music seemingly every week. Uh, you know, just there's a lot of momentum over there. They're a very attractive team. I hate to say it, at the same time, it's the exact opposite for the team that this sponsor just left. You know, Stuart Haas, like, what is this a – I mean, are you starting to look at the panic button here? I mean, you just, you're losing your flagship driver. You just now lost your flagship sponsor. You're going into next year with an unknown in Eric Almarola, whether he's coming back or not and who's going to replace him. You, there's no real a driver over there i mean josh berry could step in and, and surprise us but uh, it's, you're not, that's you can't lean on him to be no, the a driver no and, and that's that's what i'm saying it's not it's not fair to expect that from him um so so like where where does this leave Stuart haas racing right now i think the biggest thing they've got to do is get their cars faster like i think that's where it starts i mean when you look at and we've talked about this on here before I mean, Hendrick Motorsports went from four all-stars to Bowman, Byron, Chase Elliott, and whoever the hell else was even over there at the time. And we're like, man, they're screwed. Like, if, if Stuart Haas – the driver lineup is less important than the speed in the cars. And, and, and you've got to have a driver lineup to attract sponsors and be competitive and execute, yes, 100%. They're, they're the fighter pilot. But you also got to have a damn good fighter jet. And right now, for whatever reason, um, they're, they're off on a lot of – places especially the mile and a half forge in general are but um we know i know personally the depth of resources at stewart haas they will be back like this is just a cycle um they're they're not turning into roush and i don't mean that in a bad way there was a point in in life where roush had five cup teams and four of the five were freaking amazing and now they're down to two they had four or five xfinity teams at the time they were amazing now they're down to zero no. they had two trucks that were amazing now they're down to zero so i don't think Stuart haas is going to be as bad as we all think they are i think they've just got to get speed back in their cars and they have the resources to do that gene haas is a billionaire with a b with a b and, and you saw a little bit yesterday they the the 10 was obviously fast they had their issues um kevin was up there he was in the top five he kind of used the pitch strategy a little bit but he was still he was still a top five to seven car even without that strategy and then briscoe we, we haven't seen this guy in two months he comes up with a good run he runs the top 10 so that, that's good for them shot in the arm maybe and and hopefully they can transition this into uh, maybe some progress going forward you better you got six races to make the playoff pocono richmond michigan Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen of Daytona. Three of those are wild cards, and you better have speed. Well, it should be interesting. All right, it's time for Spot On, Spot Off, presented by our friends at Moneyline. Spot On, Spot Off. Spot Off. Spot On. <laughs> yeah, Spot On. It was super fun yesterday to ride around there. And I am Spot Off. Damn. Where did he come from? 
Hey, there's one thing I like about Money Lion. They sponsor DBC Spot on Spot All, but what I like even more about Money Lion is something that I need right now is easy money. <laughs> yeah, besides being a partner of ours at uh, DBC here, they're the official digital finance partner of my day job over there at 2311 Racing. That's not even a day job you've got. That's a weekend job. Well, it's during the day, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, but we'll roll with it. Listen, these guys are great people. I meet, I've met them multiple times at the racetrack, and we have a bunch of fun. The Moneyline app is designed to help you take control of your money, Brett, so you can borrow, save, invest, and earn money all in one place. And if you grab the Moneyline app out of your app store, you can use the promo code dollar sign dirty mo set up direct deposit, and you immediately get fifty five dollars of easy free money. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. And, and I will say I need that because kids and dirt racing are not cheap from what I'm learning. Neither so, of those golden goose shoes you wear. I don't know what you're talking about. So don't forget, use promo code dollar sign dirty mo and earn up to $55. First topic, both front row cars were warned after the restart in the Xfinity Series race that triggers a multi-car pileup. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Did you play a role in this? No, I mean I didn't play a role. My driver might have. Uh, listen, so uh, we had a big rest- we had a restart. It was pretty early in the race too. Um, and and what happens? And this has been something that's been coming up more and more, especially with this new Cup car and, and obviously the Xfinity car too. Trucks is a big deal. Is is trying to eliminate guys laying back on restarts because what happens is it just it puts the leader at a deficit if if the if the second place car or even anybody really if they can lay back and have momentum moving forward to you at the restart zone you're kind of a sitting duck especially as the leader so kind of what happened here was uh, Chandler's obviously he's on the inside. Uh, John Hunter's the control car and we are laid back a little bit you know we're just not even you know so. John Hunter notices that, so the way he can combat that is waiting as long as possible because what's going to happen is Chandler's going to anticipate it. He's going to start rolling in, and it's not just Chandler. It's anybody that would be on the front row. They're going to anticipate the the mark that Chan, uh, John Hunter's going to go at, so they're going to continue their momentum forward, and so he's going to wait as long as possible to make them stop that momentum and then take off, and I guess he must have, and the other rule for the leader is you must maintain pace. So both of them were kind of playing games. Obviously, neither one went till the very last second, and then what happens is obviously the guys in third, second row on back, they are anticipating a green flag. They are, they've been going in the same point every day, you know, every restart for God knows how many years. And you're anticipating, anticipating, and then you go, you stop because they're not going in front of you. It's just a chain reaction of, and it could start anywhere. It could start row two, row three, five, whatever. And it just ends up being a huge wreck. And there's just nowhere to get it. It's just always an accordion. You always feel bad for the guy that's, whatever the third or fourth guy in line because he usually ends up getting the nose torn off his car and then turned in front of the whole field and and we have a pile up at that but they were they were trying to crack down on it but obviously and more so after this because of what we saw here i'm uh listen there are three racetracks we go to top of mind that are super narrow on restarts loudon is is pretty narrow uh, Phoenix, back in the day when we restarted on what is now the backstretch, super narrow. Indianapolis, when we used to run the Oval, super narrow. You can't afford to have these things happen and not a lot of times see big wrecks as a result of it. So I, I, I've always struggled with this on here about how many rules we have for restarts. I'm not going to leave that bus now, and I know that people are you know, going to tell me why we need all these rules. But to me, green means go. 
And once the lead car goes, everybody goes. I don't care who passes before start finish. TJ was throwing something in our group chat uh, to talk about this weekend where people were getting out of line before start finish. Like, I'm I'm of the belief that we're at a race and you should be able to go as fast as you can, as fast as you can to get there to win the race. I don't love all these restart rules. I don't love all the you can't below go below yellow line on this track, but you can on that one. Like, but it, are you for wrecking your car before the start of the race? I mean, if if they once they throw the green, I think we should have the ability to go wherever we want. And and I think that telling me I have to stay in line when my line is checking up because of the Mickey Mouse crap that's going on on the front row is what gets me rear ended. Like I'm a sucker to the game of the to to the rule of the game. If I'm allowed to get out and listen, we saw this in the SRX race. Marco Andretti's a. F- you guys, I'm driving to the front on this restart. <laughs> we can't have that happen because the leaders hadn't gone yet. Um, but, but to me, there's just there's a lot of rules in a place like this. It's tough to manage them all, and don't warn them. I mean, yeah, it, it was it you know, and like to your point, it this does lend itself to that issue of having to die about a line early. There's a picture I saw a picture of us doing it, um, and it's it's close. You're not like it's not like we're 20 cars from the start finish line at a line. You're right there, and you dipped out. You know, you're just barely inside the guy in front of you. It's close. It's a judgment call, and and that's a, I hate judgment calls. And now you're putting yourself in a position where they can you know ruin your day if they so choose. I heard you know I saw pictures of the 20 doing the same thing, and and just trying to get a little bit of advantage. And and we're going to a place in Pocono this week where when we hit the start finish line we're six seven wide it seems like you know you're so you don't want to you know that's something to keep an eye on this week of guys staying in line and we've seen it where Phoenix it seems like it's horrendous like I don't know how they call it there because that's a place where they need to figure out a, a more black and white rule because we've seen it every time where you get start finish line you're like oh I hold your line now and then inside you before you can even get to the line you guys you're calling inside so it's it's obviously not cut and dry which I wish it was um but yeah I, I think I think you have to have the rule I, I don't mind the staying in line rule obviously if they're checking up you should be able to the, the problem is it's like they stack up and you can they they let you get out of line but then you better get you back can't, in you can't, line you, you can't, can't advance your position you can't break the plane of the bumper of the yeah. car in front but of you isn't that the same rule where like unless you're forced below the yellow like that's I mean that's a similar rule right like you just it's up to you really it's up the, to them it's just a it's a judgment call and it's just you know it, when it, when stuff like that happens or somebody misses a shift it's you know it's it opens itself up to interpretation and it's it's just you know it's not fun but yeah this was this was kind of created by the guys on the front row they both got warned and it's unfortunate that it, it ruined a lot it ruined the day for a lot of good cars um, but you know just the big they, they harped on it all the rest of that race all day Monday of and you'll look for it if you look for it this week there's going to be guys whether it's the leader the front row not staying side by side or you'll see the guy second in line he'll lay back a car length or two off the guy in front of him like they're just trying to get an advantage and they're gonna like we talk about this all the time with crew chiefs you, you drivers whatever you give them an inch they're gonna take a mile so if you, if you let them lay back five feet they're gonna try laying back 10 feet and you know it's just gonna go on and on until they crack down on it and hopefully they do because it, that's what kind of usually creates the mayhem on restarts well, continuing on the Xfinity Series race topic, Cole Custer says Creed's move on the last lap wasn't the right move. A lot of people are trying to clear themselves these days. you got to be able to clear the guy. Spot on, spot off. Brett. I think we watched a master of this for the last five years be Kyle Larson. 
I mean, he kind of forces you into putting you in a bad spot and you end up letting him in. And guys learn from talented guys. And what Kyle's been able to do, I think, is open the door for guys like Sheldon Creed to say, oh, well, if Kyle Larson can do it, then I can do it too. Well, it's up to drivers to police this crap. I mean, we've seen Larson make some people mad lately, and, and then, you know, he gets out. And, I mean, even his buddy Denny on his podcast, Denny said, hey, Kyle's got a reputation for doing this. If the guy on the outside decides to not lift and hook him, I mean, that's his right too, I guess. And and I think, you know, Cole's basically saying, and look, Cole's a – Cole's a pretty mild personality, like when you when you talk to him. I mean, to see some fire coming out of him inside the race car, I'm here for it. I think the fans win. I mean, you just hate to see – I mean, to me, Cole Custer's probably having a little bit of a frustrating season. I expected this guy to go out and win five-plus races. And I expected to see, you know, him, Sammy Smith, John Hunter. John Hunter obviously is setting the world on fire. When you look at the playoff points he's got compared to everybody else, he's in a different world in this, in this championship conversation for the Xfinity Series. But I think I think Cole's frustrated, and, and I think he had one of the best cars, and it's unfortunate he wrecked it. Yeah. I mean, he ran, like I said earlier, he ran top two or three all day. And you get you get kind of painted into a box at the end. We get a late caution. We're all in the top three. And you have to choose between taking the top behind the leader, which is the preferred line, or taking the front row. And, and Cole stuck on the front row, and we passed him. And now he's back there having a race with Sheldon. And – and shit, you know, Sheldon did, and we. I saw a lot of this this weekend, where you know it's obviously hard to pass. We've seen guys. You get to the bottom, and it's just hard to complete the pass running the bottom. So guys that were faster would run a guy down, and then they would just kind of dive bomb the corner and and yeah. run up the hill. We saw it with Priest and McDowell. They're arguing after the race because McDowell did the same thing. He just kind of drove in there and and door slammed Priest and knocked him up into the fence and ruined his day. But you just see, I mean, listen, Bubba did it to uh, not Cindric, um Briscoe at least one time. You just you can't. The problem is with these, the tires don't wear out. They get hot. So now if you're underneath a guy for 10 laps or whatever it is trying to pass him, you're just heating your tires up, and what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to complete the pass, and now you're going to be stuck behind him for the next, the rest of the run, essentially, yeah. or until you can cool your tires down and make another run at it. So when you get position on a guy, you've got to take it, and it, like to your point, it's up to that guy to let you in or not because there's numerous times yesterday I've seen guys could have gotten hooked in the fence by just going in there. You get about three quarters, 90% clear, and just start coming up, and the guy backs out or you know he's he's going to put himself in a bad position if he doesn't back out and and that's kind of what creed did to cole coming to the white there he just you know he just throttled up in the middle of three and four like he was going to get clear and never did and, and kind of put cole up in the in the marbles and cole got loose off a of four and come down and, and hooked him i don't you know i don't think there was anything intentional about it on cole's part i don't think he was sad to see it happen maybe until he wrecked but uh you know it just looked to me like he you know sheldon listening to sheldon's interview he was like he almost expected cole to lift and let him in and it's like that's you're coming to the white flag that's not, gonna, not happen, gonna happen you know so yeah it, it just it's a, it's about respect and if, if the guy on the outside chooses the ratio this is the position you're gonna end up in sometimes i see i'm sitting here looking at the xfinity series standings and there's there's two things that are going on right now for all you guys listening and gals People are worried about – if you're locked into the playoffs, you're worried about one thing, and it's bonus playoff points. If you're not locked into the playoff points, you're obviously trying to you know, get ahead of the bubble and or win a race. There's only three guys in the Xfinity Series with multiple wins. John Hunter's got four, Austin Hill's got three, and Cole Custer's got two. So, man, there's, there's a pretty big gap of who your championship four favorites are going to be because they're going to have these playoff yeah. points. I mean, Chandler Smith is sitting there – 
you know, fifth in points, so he's obviously going to get a nice little playoff point payday. He's got seven bonus points. That's not many. Not when you look at what John Hunter's got with 20-plus, and he's yeah. going to get a 15-point cushion by beating the championship leader. Um, that That's what these guys, their mentality is. John Hunter is in kill mode right now. He has nothing to lose and everything to gain to buy himself a ticket to Phoenix. Yeah, because at this point, you know, when, he, when you factor in the amount of points he's already got on us, and then – the amount of points he's going to gain by being, if he, I'm assuming he's going to win the regular season championship, he's probably in good shape for that. It looks like it. He's 33 uh, points ahead of Austin Hill. Yeah, I mean that's that's not undoable for Austin, but that's another gap. He's going to have essentially a race on us, you know, where he can yes. fall out and we can win and not catch him, you yes. know, almost, you yes. know. So he, that's that's a huge deal, especially when you get to that last round and there's only you know six or seven, whatever it is, eight of you, and it's you know a couple races. Um, but it, you know, that's a that's what. That's what those points do for you when we get to those later rounds. Moving on to the Cup Series. Trick says, in the final caution caused by Christopher Bell, we should have a company policy that says when one of your teammates is leading, don't crash by yourself. And I certainly hope that's a joke. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. The, the problem is it's not a joke. It's, it's not a joke. It's, like, it's not even a joke at all. No, he's not joking. He's not joking. And it seems... Irrational, irrational, and unnecessary. Like obviously, he doesn't know what happened. And there's two situations that come about. If now, if if I, I could side with Martin, if Christopher drove in there and spun somebody out, yeah, you know what I mean. If he just drove in the corner, run somebody over, and spun him out, and caused the caution, yes, you'd be pissed at your teammate. Like you stupid idiot. Like now, I gotta have a restart. I gotta battle this guy. But Christopher's got a very fast race car. He's trying to come back to the pack. He had a loose wheel. Had to come back in. He's trying to fight back from that all day. And he just goes into turn three and, and oversteps it just a little bit and just kind of gets that, you know, gets the bounce in and loses it and backs it in the fence. And you start calling him out for ruining your race. Like, that's ah, this is not a good look. And we've seen this from Martin before. Sometimes he, he gets a little hot under the collar. And As a spotter, have you ever told your driver, hey, your teammate's leading right here? There's 10 to go. Have you ever tried to make your driver, because I have. I mean, obviously, you know, Elliot Sadler, Dale Jarrett, Clint Boyer had a lot of teammates that were competing for wins at Stuart Haas and Michael Walter Racing back in the day. Like, I've made my driver aware. Maybe you don't want to go to the edge right here. You know, I see you out there hustling. I see you ever driving it. Maybe maybe for the company, like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. So, um, this this is an error on Christopher Bell's part. And, yeah. and, and luckily for – you know, Joe Gibbs Racing and Martin Truex Jr., it didn't cost him the win. But Martin means what he's saying. Oh, yeah. He's, he's pissed not, right there. Yeah, he's pissed. I'm sure James, knowing James, he's probably fueling it. Like, you know, he's like, son of a bitch just spun out. You know I what think, I mean? I think, Brett, you've said it on the podcast before. Although they're a team, they're also not really because they're competing against each other for a win. So, I mean, Christopher's doing all, his, all he can, right, to get to that next position. I he mean, is, but you don't want to screw – well, you don't want to have to sit in that Tuesday debrief with Joe Gibbs looking at you like you dumb. Ass. We were going to win the race till you wreck running by yourself. It, it's easier to swallow the wreck if he is racing somebody. And, and look, we've heard about these cars. Well, I mean, he was racing somebody. Yeah, there yeah. was cars all over. There the was cars. But, but we hear about these cars all the time. Like once they step out, you're already wrecking. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Reddick proves that theory pretty wrong. I see him making saves. Every week on, on TV, you're like, wow, what a save, Tyler Reddick. Well, I mean, yeah. if you went through and said, this guy, who has the most saves this year, I'm willing to bet you it's Tyler oh, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, there's a couple times I've been reading the door number on that one. Listen, on. it's hard racing. It is what it is. But Truex is not kidding. I don't know. And in his mind, the problem is he thought this and he pressed the button and told everybody this. <laughs> he's 43 years old. I mean, he's been in just about every scenario in a race car. 
that you can be in. And he knows he's dominated this race, and he doesn't want to lose it because a teammate did something stupid. And let me tell you something. I wish – now, I'm glad it didn't happen because the race played out great for us and we got a good finish. But coming to two to go off of four, the 54 – pound of defense yeah. i think somebody got into each other on the bottom and ran him up into him could you imagine if he just got done saying this and then the next and then the next the <laughs> and it's ty what are you gonna do you know i don't think you're gonna call him out. yeah well uh, but that was i thought that it's funny you know it is it is what it is but i don't think i don't think obviously christopher obviously didn't intend to ruin martin's race but at like to brett's point i guess you could try to back her down a little bit but I, I, you're not going to like you're it's, not going to it, it's it's you're going for everything you can especially when you know you've got a really good race car and you're kind of been put behind the eight there, ball. There, there's one thing about the sprint car and dirt racers making it to the cup series that makes me really excited and happy it's they never stop giving you 110 percent. it's like they're running a 25 lap feature for 500 laps or 500 miles like they're never not giving you all it and that's the difference in when i got here in the 90s versus now or late 90s is guys were out there managing the race taking care of their equipment running at 85 90 percent getting to that last fuel window you can't do that anymore these guys are they're balls to the wall from the drop of the rag well more topics on truex and he says this after the race it is feeling like a championship year brett I actually went back, and uh, I'm, I'm glad this is on the show sheet. I went and looked at Martin's lap-led percentage. He's obviously got three wins this year, Dover, Sonoma, Loudon. In those three wins, we talked about it on the show earlier this year, when he wins, he freaking tends to dominate, right? He has three wins. He's led 373 out of 811 laps. That's 46% of laps led when he wins. His championship year, 2017, he had eight wins. He led 2,000. 253 laps out of 10,000 some laps he led 21% of the laps that he raced like that is absolutely insane so is he trending toward being a championship favorite it looks like it from his confidence level it looks like it from how fast his cars are and most importantly it looks like it from a dominant fashion of how he wins these races yeah I mean you go back and look and I was looking at it this morning He's probably got four of the most dominant wins that I can remember. Well, that Coke 600 that one co- made me want to puke. That Coke 600, he led 392 of 400 laps. That was miserable to the, watch. The Southern 500, he led 248 of 290 that laps. That was equally as miserable. Martinsville, to watch. he led 464 of 500 I'm laps. I'm going to the bathroom to puke right now. <laughs> and, then, and then he does this on yesterday. Like, I mean, obviously, like to your just credit to him, like when he goes out and dominates, he dominates. It's not It's not in question. And, yeah, I don't know how you don't call him the championship favorite right now. You know, Byron's obviously got four wins, but I feel like Martin's four wins have been much more dominant, and, and Martin's had more speed for sure of late than, than the 24 has. And, and you know, and I, I don't know how you don't call him the championship favorite right now. He also – I mean, we're, we talk about the don't give a f- tour. He don't have to give a f- no. This guy's 43, we just said it, 43 years old, won tons of races. He's a champion. Like, he doesn't feel any pressure right now. No. He just goes out, has fun, and, and to be honest with you, kicks everybody's well, butt. Well, on that note, obviously not knowing what his plans are for next year, I mean, are you hearing any rumors? Does this obviously mean he's – there? I feel like there's a few Xfinity drivers on, on the Toyota camp that should be moving up to Cup, like a John Hunter. I mean, this essentially – he's in, in – 
Uh, We're I, waiting I mean, game at this point. You right? You could say if he does, he could have the ultimate walk off, win a championship, and leave. But I just don't. When you're when you're in this position, you're kicking everybody's ass as bad as you are. How how could you walk away? I, I don't. I mean, I know what kind of money that they can come back and make as a as a champion. Uh, not that Martin Truex needs money. You know, I don't, I don't want it to be about that. But I'm sure he doesn't I, mind I, money. I mean, if you could come back and make seven figures, eight figures, I mean, whatever the numbers are, and, and be the reigning champion. And I don't know. I, I personally, and, and I mean, this is me playing fan, I personally don't want to see Martin Truex retire right now. I think he's awesome for the sport. I think he's a, you know, a personality a lot of people can relate to. He's a, he's a fisherman. He's a hunter. He aligns well with Bass Pro Shops. And, I mean, he's one of the last guys that are left that maybe I feel like is a man's man out there. I mean, uh, there's some younger guys like a Jeb Burton. I mean, he's a man's man. He grew up in the woods with his daddy. And they chasing snakes and all that other crazy they do up there in Virginia. But there's not a lot of guys like Martin Truex left around here. And, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, I mean, to Casey's point, you know, John Hunter's coming. Sammy Smith's coming. And you're, you're going to have to make room for them guys somewhere or they're going to leave. Yeah. Somebody's going to hire them. And we saw this with Toyota in the past. You know, like they they have a pipeline of drivers coming up, and there's only so many. I mean, obviously you have the option now maybe of, of a 2311 or, or legacy now coming to Toyota. But in the past, you know, you, you lost guys to, to you know, the, the fact that you only had four cup rides. And so, yeah, there's got to be a place for him to go. And John Hunter, he's ready now. He was ready when he ran cup you know, whatever it was three or four years ago, he did well in that 38 car. So I think he's that, just proving his worth again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great problem for Toyota to have, right? Like they obviously have some incredible drivers that they've brought to this level, such as a Christopher. Um, I mean, you see where he is right now. Like, I just wonder maybe when it comes to legacy or another team, you know, what it looks like for this Jamie is well, this Smith is exactly great point. You're this is exactly why Toyota needed a legacy motor club at it because it gives them more seats. Obviously, they've got two highly capable drivers in my opinion noah's having a god awful year man but <laughs> bless his heart i wouldn't want to follow an airplane he, with was him. Asking his for, so he was saying you can't wait for the off season what in like yeah. march yeah. Me, yeah maybe his the ghost version of noah gregson was riding with me yesterday when i dnf two cars on i-77 because i feel like his luck's literally that bad but uh casey great point legacy motor club is two more toyota seats and it just it, it opens up the door for toyota to make more moves because when they only had four or five seats in the Cup Series, and you had ten plus drivers coming. You knew you couldn't keep them all. I mean, you you knew the 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 Corey Himes and the Chandler Smiths and the whoever else you rattle off. Eventually, they're going to have to go somewhere because there weren't enough seats. Now you start talking about eight, and then twenty three eleven has the capabilities of adding two cars. I mean, you start talking about eight to ten seats. That's now a third of the series from a franchise standpoint. You can you can dominate with that many cars. Absolutely. All right, listen up, everybody. I know y'all are probably putting together vacation plans, planning your next tailgate at the track, or just looking to upgrade some things around the house. Our new sponsor, Moneyline, the all-in-one mobile finance app, has been part of the racing community for years and is dedicated to helping people like you take control of your money and make good things happen. With Moneyline, you can borrow, save, invest, and earn money all in one place. And here's the best part. They want to chip in with a little something to get you started. That's right. Easy money, people. Download the Moneyline app today, and when you open an account, use the promo code dollar sign 
capital dirty mo d-i-r-t-y-m-o then just set up direct deposit to earn up to 55 dollars how awesome is that the promo code dollar sign dirty mo and get up to 55 dollars do you already have the money line app great make sure to follow them on social media because they are hooking race fans up with opportunities to win some really great stuff including cash giveaways exclusive on-track experiences and custom rewards like the next level grills for your tailgate with the Moneyline app, you are one step closer to getting your financial future on the right path. Visit moneylion.com slash hotpass for more info. All right, but it's time for the AMA. Moving on to the DBCA main, where we catch up on all things dirt, and I think we could spend hours talking about everything that went on in the dirt world this week between the Million, racing at Eldora, Millbridge, I mean, anything else we have here. Brett, your boy, your boy won the Kings Royal, Brett. <laughs> I, I saw that. How cool is that? Uh, Donnie Schatz did win his sixth Kings Royal. Insane. Um, that's insane. He's one now off of Kinzer, who has the most with seven. Um, what I mean, just what a phenomenal week of racing at Eldor. You've seen Shukart. He, uh, he kind of kicked everybody's ass for the million on Thursday night. Um, Friday night, I think it was Mosito won the uh, night before. And then uh, Donnie goes out there and wins the Kings Royal on Saturday. Um, just, I mean, I'm sure I saw some videos of the crowd was phenomenal. Largest just, in history, I think. Yeah, it was it was an amazing event. Donnie well, Schatz is only 46, too. Yeah. I mean, those guys drive a lot longer than our guys. Yeah. They can. They can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kinzer, I mean, I mean, Sammy's still out there racing. Yeah, he, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, it, I mean, it was a phenomenal weekend. Uh, Mike Marler won a big late model race at Ponderosa. Um, I seen Davenport. Your boy Davenport got him a win this week. I saw that. I saw. I, some, I love he was fussing about inverts, <laughs> and I don't want to go down that well, rabbit hole. But but man, I, I I as a fan, I was like, oh man, inverts are cool. But then when I got here, I was like, man, why? I finished first. Why would you penalize me and put me eighth? And, you started on the pole. Or are you qualified first? Why? And, why? Yeah. And the and listen that the king. So I, I'm. I don't know enough about dirt racing to know why this is put in place. But the Kings Royal obviously had a lot of rain. The track was when its track is, you know, kind of they wet or tacky, they they haul ass, you know. Um, and there was an invert put in place at the Kings Royal where nine out of the top fifteen qualifiers didn't make the A main. Wow. Yeah, I mean, including Brad Sweet. I saw Brad Sweet didn't uh, make it. They sh- offered him a deal to start in the back, but yeah. wouldn't pay him. Uh, yeah. Logan that won the million dollar race, he didn't make the race for the Kings Royal. So there, wow. there was obviously some kind of you know, maybe there's a middle ground we could find there. I seen where they, I seen Gravel. I think he played the invert pretty smart. I think it was uh, they said you know he's been in the top three qualifying like all year. And this race he qualified 33rd and started on the pole of his heat race. So I mean, I don't, I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could fine tune it that much, but he <laughs> certainly did if he could. Um, it's but. all about luck too. Like you have the revenge draw at certain races where you essentially can give somebody whatever you pull, whatever number you pull, and then if you don't like them, you're it was a, it was a great weekend of racing across the board like yeah. i mean there, it just feels like every race this past weekend was so important no matter where it was yeah. I, I do want to give a shout out to cb industries and of course bryant Wiedemann who won his first usac national midget win on thursday what does cb stand for uh chloe boat chloe, industries. chloe, chloe boat industries mm-hmm. yeah oh. so <laughs> uh, i also i, I gotta give a shout out to my buddy tyler courtney uh obviously 
got injured in the Friday night feature the night before. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, broke some vertebrae. Ooh. Uh, or fractured some vertebrae. I don't know what the, what the correct term is there. Either way, it don't sound good. Yeah, no. Um, he, so he's going to be laid up for a while. flipped or landed hard? I, w- I haven't seen it. I didn't even know what happened. I had gone to bed early on Friday night, believe it or not. And uh, I was actually during the Xfinity race. Uh, Chris Wyndham texted me. He asked me if I talked to Tyler. So uh, on the, one of the stage breaks, I kind of texted him back. And I said, I said, no, what's going on? And and he told me. So then, of course, I reached out to Tyler and I talked to him a little bit. And he's, he seems like he's doing well, obviously, as well as he can be. Uh, he's home, at, you know, not at the hospital or anything. I seen a picture of him at the shop the other day. So he's going to be laid up for a while. Hopefully, he gets to sit around, listen to DBC. Him and his uh, roommate, Rizzy, they are about, I know Rizzy's a huge DBC fan. He loves, uh, he loves both of us very much. Um, oh, but why? he's a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe not you so much, but I know he loves me anyway. Um, but yeah, so shout out to them guys and uh, just get well soon, Tyler. Uh, we have a vacation to go on in December that you need to be healed up for. It's not to Hawaii as much as you think it is. But uh, yeah, just get back there and I'm sure he'll be back better. Well, than tons more racing this upcoming week. I think we have the Champion Oil Summer Nationals at Williams Grove this Friday and Saturday. I think we have like a Millbridge Kids Night. There's tons of local races. So head out to a local dirt track or catch it on Dirt Vision. And catch us on Dirt Vision this upcoming Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, well, as usual, you all just cannot stop talking. So I think we only have one reaction theater call we have time for today. Uh, let's kick it. I finally figured it out. We can cure any drought going on around the globe. All we got to do is send the NASCAR Cup Series, and boom, they'll have rain. Thank me later. This guy is not lying. Or if you want snow. In- California. I feel like it's. I feel like it's rained everywhere we've been since the week off. Like or it's, snowed, uh, or snowed. It's. It's been. It ridiculous. definitely had snowed since the week off. Well, no, it's never <laughs> had. Yeah, not in July. Uh, but no, but it's. It's. I feel like everywhere. Chicago last week. I this mean, we week. had a tornado warning in New Hampshire. What that doesn't happen. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I didn't know you could even have tornadoes in New Hampshire with all. Those I mountains. woke up on Sunday. There was a flood. I had alerts. Go- flood warning. Tornado warning. Flash floods. I was like, this is going to be fun. Like, I, I, please cancel the race before I have to leave this room. Uh, but I'll tell you where it does not rain, Brett. Where? It's not going to rain in the suite at the Dirty Mo Ultimate Experience. Well, if it does rain, you'll still be inside out of the rain where <laughs> there is 
complimentary beer and food as part of your uh, your ticket purchase. We've sold a lot of tickets already uh, to to the Bristol experience. Mike Davis and I had a. 45 minute phone call yesterday about a lot of different projects that we've got going on around here and the Bristol suite was was top of mind I can tell you he's as excited about this one as any he's ever been excited about yeah well I mean this one last year was probably my favorite like we talked about last week the Bristol suites are some of the best suites in the world alone then you add the fact that we'll be in there and it just you know ramps it up that much more go that far but at least the racing is always exciting (laughs) the racing is gonna be fun i'll be hanging out we'll have uh some cool uh merch for you guys y'all get y'all get a bunch of uh of cool swag we make sure everybody's hooked up when they leave obviously me freddie tj we hang out for a while i even hang out for even longer some uh what my staff likes to call instagrammable moments we'll we'll have set up in there for some i call them selfie stations because that's what i like to say but uh we're we're trying to modernize our game if you will (laughs) yeah i see and i've seen some i got asked this twice this week about minors coming and uh i don't we don't have an issue with any age restrictions right we just we uh, would rather they don't drink the fireball they can't have the fireball (laughs) if they're not 21 other than that no there's uh there's no age restrictions but don't you worry they'll drink it for you yeah well we'll brett will be happy to take all minors fireballs and put them in his pocket yeah yeah no listen man uh 15 years old to have an opportunity for your your family to bring you to an experience like this and and i love to spoil my kids i think we all do and to bring if you here's the problem if you bring your kid to this event you're screwing them up for the rest of their life (laughs) because they're not going to want to go sit in a chicken bone section with, you know, homeboy eating peanuts and spitting tobacco. Like they're, they're going to want to come sit with the VIPs from now on. Yeah. I would bring, I would bring your daughters who are about 15, 16 now, just to the fact that they could drive me home. That that would be the move that I'd be going with. Yes. Yes. Joby is 16 and she could drive. She's already Uh, driven me home. Yeah. And and maybe I'll make, maybe I'll make them come work this thing too, because they need to do something this summer. I've had them busy, but they're not busy enough. But listen, Bristol Motor Speedway, ultimate experience, Dirty Mo Media. Uh, Make sure you go and get your tickets. The website is dirtymomedia.com slash ultimate experience, I believe. You it nailed is. it. Yep, That's nailed why I it. let you do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like we said last year, this I mean, these things are going fast. They are running low already, so I wouldn't wait. They're gonna they're probably gonna sell out this week or so, I would think. So we try to make them all a little different too. So uh, look for some new things. And we see a lot of repeat customers of these things and oh. it's gonna be a lot of fun. There's nothing else being offered like this because there's only one of Freddie and one of TJ out there. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Got that right. All right, well to leave an audio message twenty four seven. Don't forget our new number, 704-802-9572. Save it to your phone so you can just... That's a great easy idea. Easy access. Put, like, Brett sucks under it, and you'll be perfectly fine. That's a great um, idea. Or you can still head to anchor.fm slash clear. You'll see that message icon, and the team will keep picking the best ones. Another method of asking us questions is AskDBC. Just tweet us your questions using hashtag AskDBC. We always have some really good ones. Uh, this first one is from Bryson. In your opinion, what would the effects be of Chase not making the playoffs for NASCAR as a whole on top of like TV tickets, merch, his crazy fans, all that good Man, stuff. Man, if you would have asked me this question a month and a half ago, when he first came back, I'd tell you we're, it's a mute point because he's going to make the playoffs. And we're getting to crunch time now, and uh, he is it's, – it's, 
it's the light is dimming. I will say. I don't think it's completely impossible. Obviously, he can win a race at any point, but the, to point his way in is it's going to be a lot harder now. I know that people think that oh, we, we don't like Chase Elliott. Let me tell you something. I don't know Chase Elliott that well, but every time I've ever met him or been around him, he's been very cordial. I like Chase Elliott. So this statement that I'm about to make is not toward him personally. It's not going to do him any good to make this playoff. If he makes it, it doesn't matter. He's led 38 laps in 13 races. That's less than 1% or around 1% of total laps that he's run, 3,000 laps. He's led 38. He is not in a situation. He's the slowest Hendrick car every week for whatever reason. Obviously, he's coming off an injury. He's coming off a suspension. I don't know what's going on with this team or this guy. I thought, Freddie, the same thing. But here's the good news. We got two road courses. We know he's fast at road courses, although I think the Indy road course is a damn demolition derby getting into one. You can throw that one into the whatever it takes to win because I don't think talent is on top of my list there. But I think he won Pocono recently, right? Last year when JJ. That's pretty damn recently. So I, I feel like – He's not out yet. He, he's not out of the playoffs because you know why? We haven't started the playoffs. Um, there are things that could take other drivers out of the playoffs that are locked in. Look at Kurt Busch. We had no idea that he would not be in the playoff, even though he was playoff eligible, right? So um, I, I don't think he's out. I just think based on how he's run this year, if he gets in, it really doesn't matter because he's not going to have a championship run. Do I hope he proves me wrong? Actually, yes, I do, because I want him as the most popular driver that currently buckles into race cars in America to go out and do well for, for his team, his sponsor, and his sponsors, and obviously our sport as a whole. We all need him. But don't give me this Chase Elliott playoff championship conversation because so far he's not proved to me why he should be relevant. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it. He's averaging about 29 points a race. The guys that are at the cutoff line are averaging 21-ish. Um, so, that, you know, that's only seven, eight points a race. The math don't work out to where he's going to make up 60. If it was one guy and, if it, you know, if he's chasing Bubba and he's 60 points behind Bubba, you know, he could maybe make that up if Bubba has a bad race here or there. But you're chasing three guys for two spots. You know, they're, they're, it's going to be a lot harder to do. To your point, his, the races coming up aren't great for him. He did win Pocono last year, but it, it was after the JGR cars got disqualified. His average finish there is like a 14th. He only had a couple top fives in the last few years. Watkins Glen is the one you got to circle for him. He's He's been very good there. He's got four consecutive top fives, including two wins. So if he's going to get in, I think it's the Watkins Glen race, and, and he's going to have all the resources now. Or I, yeah. I say that, but he can't have all the resources because they got to get the 48 in also. And, yeah. and, and you know, it's it, and guys are, guys are going to be trying but, to keep him out. Here's the scenario. You have to lead the last lap to win the race. Right now, Mathematically, there's a one percent chance that's going to happen based on how the season's going. Yeah, and it, but at I the, don't know how else to lay it yeah. out. At, at the same time, you know, you know how it is with this deal. You can get hot, you can flip a switch, and and we've seen it in the past. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, I don't think he can point his way in. I'd be surprised if he could. I'm circling that Watkins Glen race as as one that is is, is his best shot. I think. But By, Byron has listen. Byron has right now. 30-plus playoff points coming his way, assuming he can stay in the top two in the standings, which he should. If, if I'm Hendrick Motorsports, yeah, I want Chase Elliott to make it, but yeah, I want Alex Bowman to make it. But again, are they really championship-caliber teams right now? Not right now. I, 
they're, they're not. So I'm going to put my eggs in that basket of, man, let's bankroll as many playoff points as we can for this 24 team. They're our best chance to make it to Phoenix. Yeah, and, and to answer your question, it's huge for the sport, obviously. I mean, we saw the, the, the ratings dip. The, the whatever it was, four or six weeks he was out. You know, we took what, like a half a million viewer hit just him not being there. You know, obviously you can still sell the merch and stuff, and it, but it, but it, it'll hurt the sport for sure if, if the most popular driver, to Brett's credit, to Brett's point, in the world right now, you know, or maybe not the world versus maybe the Formula One guys, so certainly but here in the country, you know, it, 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 across all forms of racing. So it would definitely hurt if he didn't make it. But as of right now. And by it, the way, I hope he makes it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why, why, because you hate him so much. But <laughs> this next one is from Master of Light. Oh, the Master of Light. Yes, he always has some good the questions. Master of Light. What is your favorite championship battle you've been able to watch in NASCAR, and why? Um, I got two probably. One, I was really young, so I can't, I couldn't appreciate it at the time. But going back and watching it was the '92 championship battle with like Kowicki and um, I think it was Davey and Bill Elliott where Kowicki was smart enough to realize that if he led all the laps it made it you know that just those that point alone made the difference in the championship uh, but the, the Tony Stewart run in whatever year that was with him and Carl Edwards ended up tied and Tony won it the run he went on there at the end of the year was was outstanding it's I don't even know what else to call it uh, to, to run him down and, and, and win that championship. Yeah, I mean, there's been too many for me to just say there's one favorite because there's some that were blowouts that I had a lot of respect for um, because of – I know what it takes to go out there and blow people out all year. I mean, we've seen guys, you know, like Terry Labonte, I think not win a race, win a championship. Um, and, and so this the, the hard part for me is really narrowing it down because there's been so many different formats over the years, and, and, and even going back to when NASCAR started now, there's been so many different formats in the 20 years I've been here that it's even almost too many to count because Jimmy Johnson kept winning in all of them. So in my mind, they just kept changing them to try to find something that he couldn't win a freaking championship in. Um, but, I mean, you know, watching Carl Edwards and Logano battle there at Homestead that year and wrecking and Keselowski winning and getting – faced on ESPN like I mean I could keep going about championships that are out there for me um, but probably the one that I'm just most intrinsically happy about is the one from uh, Dale Jarrett in 99 I believe it was and when he won that championship became a great friend of mine later in life a mentor somebody we owned I owned a business with him uh, for many years and so if there's anybody deserving coming from the legacy that the Jarrett name has been, you know, in this sport. Obviously, Ned, obviously Jason Jarrett, his son spots now, former racer. And and so for me, my favorite championship's got to be Dale Jarrett. This last one is from Patrick. What do y'all do when you're stuck at the track for an extra day? And I probably know the answer to it. Well, Freddie has the most luck when I'm there and we go to a Hooters <laughs> and we uh, can consume a few draft beers and some chicken wings. And, and walk home in a monster. And, and uh, walk home and get <laughs> – actually, I, you're not going to believe this, but I got – it rained so hard at Luke Combs this past Saturday night that I, my underwear got wet like they did that time <laughs> that Freddie made me – listen, Freddie and I are not – the most agile humans. Speak for yourself. That, that you've ever seen. Uh, I don't want to hear about rain at Luke Holmes, okay? We had to walk uh, slash run from Hooters. Where were we? What was that town? We were near Birmingham. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't Leeds. It wasn't Leeds. Anyway, we were in this town near Birmingham, and 
When I tell you we had to walk a mile in a monsoon, I am not lying. I got back. I only had one pair of shoes packed, and I put it on the freaking heater, and I turned the heater wide open in the middle of summer, and I woke up sweating like it was a complete disaster. But, no, listen, there's all kinds of things to do when it rains, and it depends on where we're at. You know, some of the places there's lots to do. Some of the places there's literally zero to do. So I was uh, – had I been in New Hampshire, I would have stayed in a town called Mills Falls. It is a phenomenal little town if you've never been. It's on a lake. Um, but I've also been trapped in uh, Tipton, New Hampshire. Yes, bro. I think it's Tilton. Right? Tilton. Tilton. But that pizza that place is amazing. Tilton, New Hampshire, is not where you want to be trapped. <laughs> I I didn't do anything. I was where y'all stay. I, I was in Concord at the Marriott. Where were you? Uh, no, I was at the. Well, we were at the True by Hilton. Oh, There's a new one. It's right nice. there by the. Uh, Did you go to the highway? sports bar? We like. No, I didn't. We weren't. I wasn't really close to that draft. Yeah. The, yeah, the I smoked love that wings. Place. Yeah, uh, no, we didn't go to that one. I had Megan was there for the for the trip, so uh, I was by the time that day had come, I was ready to do nothing because I had been at Stafford for a couple days, yeah. and then all night we were out Saturday night with the Black Flag clowns up at the top of the X lot. So uh, I was ready to just have a day off on Sunday. So I will I tell you this, around. Casey, for spotters. Like once it starts raining, we either want to know. Oh, and I got to tell you this too. We either want to know that we're going to race or not. And if we're not, just call it. Yeah. But the Luke Holmes thing, they had a lightning strike, and he was on stage. He played one song, and he's like, "Listen, I just got word there's a lightning strike. I got to leave the stage. I promise you, I'm going to come back, and I don't care if we have to play till five in the morning. I'm here to raise hell and sing country music. So he left. So obviously, everyone quote salt shelter in place and i was standing underneath the concourse where i could see out the tunnel and i could see the big screen and it literally every 15 minutes updated you on what's going on there's another lightning strike we'll update you in 15 minutes next update coming in and finally boom they said come back out the the way that they communicated to the 50 60 000 people that were there was awesome i really wish someone from nascar the brass would have been there to to experience. I'm sure, they were to experience the fact that you don't have to keep your fans in the dark. Yeah, yeah, we know when it's raining, but we want to know what is your intention because Luke Combs said. I'm coming back out here no matter what. Okay. Yeah. For the record, I don't want to hear about Luke Combs because I Bef- missed Blink-182 and Luke Combs to work New Hampshire. So Before part-timer we- over there. Second, I do think NASCAR did a pretty good job this weekend. They did they, an amazing job. They knew there was not a window. They communicated very well, at least from our standpoint, from a sponsor side. So They did an amazing Before job Before we weekend. move on from Luke Jones. Luke, Luke Jones. Luke Jones. Luke Jones. Oh, George Luke Jones. Jones. Uh, I was going to say I seen our buddy Drew Parker was there and I seen he was. played a impromptu concert. What was that while it was raining? I don't so know what was this, the deal with that. So I met TJ's buddy Justin and Kyle Long. Kyle Long is former NFL player. Uh, does some stuff for Barstool. His dad, Howie Long, like I was a little bit awestruck because I was like, dude, your dad was a badass. So anyway, me and Drew and, and Kyle and Justin were standing there talking, and, and and Drew has to go because he's getting ready to play a set on the stage in a parking lot party, which was a really cool thing that Luke's doing for everybody. Whiskey Jam is the name of it. And so, so Drew leaves. Well, thank God he left because this is when I got wet. It came a full-blown downpour, lightning popping all around us. Uh, fortunately, we found a beer tent to get under. I'm not sure how safe that was, but we had beer. Um, and, and Drew didn't have an opportunity to play his set because of the weather. But the second that the weather moved out, 
boom, Drew shows up with his guitar underneath the concourse and just plays a show. I saw Andrew was sending video from there. Um, Drew, man, I'm pumped up for him. Good dude, good country music. And my favorite part about him is he's a country music singer. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and listen, we can probably talk him into coming on here. And, oh, he'll come on. Yeah. I think Duggar's signed up, and now we'll get. Well, the, the, when the, does two of them, come the two on? of them like to battle each other, so yeah. now I'll just make it a competition. Wait, wait, when does Duggar come on? Uh, Duggar's coming, some, I think maybe later this year, maybe around the Roval, possibly. We should just talking. get them both like on at the same time. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun. I support it. Kyle Long wants to come on, too. I tell you what, he's a grown ass man. I bet he is. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean,. He, he said, man, I spent half my career in Charlotte chasing that Luke Keekley guy, and I never did catch him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's move on to What an Idiot. What an idiot. I don't even know who That's to ask. Big, I, feel, so I feel like there might be a few uh, contenders. I don't remember who I picked for one. What an idiot. I didn't even know who you oh, got. Oh, there's so many to pick from. I, know, I feel like I know who yours is going to be. Nah, Brett, well, I really wanted to pick a repeat winner this week. I really wanted to pick the 24 That's Xfinity car figured. again because he obviously goes out there and wrecks, but then not only does he do that, he wrecks from seven rows back and drives head on into a freaking wreck and literally makes me look so smart from last week when I say this is why you don't put yourself in position to fail. It's hard when people. It's hard to make you look smart, and sometimes some people do it sometimes. Some people <laughs> are make it really f- easy to make me look smart so the 24 xfinity car um i, I was sitting there thursday night when srx started i'm like who the in, who in the absolute hell thinks it's a good idea to bring paul tracy back and dude it ain't five minutes into this thing he's running people in the dirt he's wrecking people and i'm like well i look like a genius again because why'd you bring this guy this, back the, the, but my what an idiot is not it does not have anything to do with racing this week oh God. it is a young lady oh boy who I've had the pleasure of meeting, got to know her at one point in her life. She's a country music singer. And she stopped. Oh, I've seen this. She stopped her entire concert. I almost texted you this. I'm sorry. She stopped, you saw. An, she stopped her entire concert to basically tell five young ladies on the front row to stop taking selfies and to enjoy country music instead of taking selfies. They paid a lot of money to be in those seats. They can do whatever the f- they want Miranda Lambert. This is a bad look for you. The, I don't know what she was thinking. Obviously, she was distracting and got annoyed by it. But we were talking about Instagrammable moments and selfie stations earlier. That's all these young people care about. And and the fact that you're their backdrop, you're their hero, and you stopped and you decided to embarrass those people and tell them to stop taking pictures. What the f- are you thinking? What an idiot. Yeah, I don't. Did you see it? I saw. I almost texted you because I wasn't sure if you had seen it, but then I'm glad you did. I almost talked about it when we got here. Uh, yeah, that was. I was reading the comments and she was just getting eaten alive in the comments. But I mean, what? Who? Oh, you can't take pictures at a concert all of a sudden? Like, or just because I could see you, you can't she take a picture? She wasn't. They like, weren't looking at her. Yeah. Talk about the fun police. Like, <laughs> she's not on Team Fun. Oh, I forgot. Speaking of past wooden idiots. This was one of yours coming out of, I think it was Chicago, talking mm-hmm. about restart lineups. Yep. I don't know if you were watching yesterday when the 48 car, who's also in the playoff mix, by the way, comes off a of turn two, gets completely sideways. And for one, I'm not sure that it warranted a caution, but at the same time, I never fault them for throwing a caution in these situations because you don't know when your eyes hit it and the guy could be dead sideways and you're, you're quick to the button or whatever. But the 48 car almost completely spans out. He gathers it up. He's going 
I don't know, pace car speed. They're jammed up all over his bumper, and they're going by him five at a time on either side. So they put it out. The yellow car, you know, yellow comes out. And what happens next? The 48 drives back by all of those guys that just passed him back up to where he was running when he got loose off of turn two and, and, and retains his spot and probably gained easily 10 positions. A bunch of spots. You know, how do, I don't understand. What is so hard about at least having a cause of the caution car? You know what I mean? Like, this guy is the reason why we had a yellow. He's going to the back no matter what. Right. And, and then we can adjust off of there, you know, who will also was involved and who maintained speed. But there has to be some – there was a reason you threw the caution, and now you just gave this guy all of his spots back, plus the guys that checked up behind him who were – you know, that's that's big points for us. There were somebody well, we may yeah, have to race. Guys like A.J. Amendinger and, and guys that are on that bubble, man, they need those points. And I, I don't know what it's going to take for us to stop doing this because we we – Listen, we're vocal when we have problems with race procedures on this show. We may be one of the most vocal shows out there that does this because we're obviously in the game. This is hard to swallow when you get screwed all like this. Yeah, it's I don't understand. And I don't know that it like it feels like it's every week now or every other week when I don't remember ever really. I mean, it's come up in the past once or twice, but I feel like it's happening all the time now. Like, I don't understand. And and I think having some conversations with people that are in that control tower they know there's an issue, but there's not a clear path of what to do to make it right. You know what it's I mean? It's really simple to make it right. I because think- in this scenario, when the caution comes out, what does every car in the field do? Slow down. They slow down. So when they've slowed down to the point that they're at the 48 speed, guess when he's back to maintaining race speed? Then. then. <laughs> yeah. He's not maintaining race speed when he's sliding it's, sideways and guys are driving by him. Just, or yeah. He's not maintaining race speed when the yellow is out and guys are running 120 slowing down and he's running 50. That is not race pace. Yeah. It's not that hard. Well, it's, it's, it's not race pace. It's, it's reasonable speed. It is still speed. reasonable speed but, within the race. But it's just uh, – it, it's, it's, I don't know the answer, but for some reason it continues to come up now seemingly every other week. We had Darlington was a big one. Obviously, Chicago, I'll still – you're never going to – I don't know what the hell happened there. And then this one yesterday where he's the, he's the sole reason for the caution. He's the one sideways. Guys are checking up behind him. I don't know if anybody ever got in the back of him or not, but he's the sole reason for the caution, and then he drives back by 10 guys. Like, I don't – Maybe Mr. H was in the booth. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not that. But listen, they got to fix this. We cannot keep having these scenarios play out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So listen, I mine was an idiot, and I, I I have to admit that I have not listened to many episodes of our other sister podcast, Dirty Mo Doe. Um, obviously, we can't gamble, so it doesn't do us any good to listen to a gambling podcast. Um, but we were so I I came across, and I think Brett was the one that sent it to social me. Social media post, social media post of of the picks from this weekend from Chopper, and Chopper went a stunning. Three and twenty six. Oh my gosh! This week. He's an idiot. <laughs> I, he had like eight or nine guys to win. None of them won. Uh, he had like some matchups. I think he had two right of the eight or nine matchups that he picked. 
He picked uh, some groupings. None of them were right. Uh, he picked. He did pick a Toyota to win. That was a good call. That was probably an easy bet. Uh, but he picked like Reddick to be the highest finishing Toyota. That wasn't good. So yeah, he I, out of the. I think I counted like 28, 29 picks, and he got three of them right. So well, there's I, there's something you can do in the sports world <laughs> when this happens. Fade him. Fade that guy. <laughs> We've got a baseball guy I, on Twitter gonna, that we fade. We're gonna start our own uh, betting podcast, and it'll be called. Door bumper clearly don't listen to those guys. So, <laughs> so, so we're gonna we're gonna debut next Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Here, here's the beauty of the podcast, though. You get a lot of and listen. We talked today about stats. I hate being a stat. I am a stat guy in my mind, but I don't love talking about it on here because we got enough Larry Max in the world that are out there digesting these things and breaking them down. Um, and, and I don't sit in the bathtub board often and have to go through you know racing reference and figure out what we're gonna talk about on a Monday or Tuesday. But like the cool thing is when you listen to podcasts like that you get a lot of information that helps you make a pretty damn good decision about what you want to do yeah yeah that doesn't mean obviously he he's I, not good at making decisions i know i know steve always breaks down some good stats and maybe this guy just wasn't listening to steve yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah and, and this is I, honestly they may be phenomenal every other week and this just happened to be the first week that i saw the picks that didn't go good this week well he had a plus on the top of the page, which oh, means okay. he's up for the year. I'd love to see that number updated yeah. at this point. I mean, if we're going to compare, it's not like your DBC picks have been super stellar either. Okay. Like, didn't, so. th- didn't we buy you dinner and you finished last last year? Yeah. Just, and just, by the way, just her just picks aren't her picks, so she still suck. <laughs> what are you talking about? They oh, okay. are definitely my picks. Okay. And and let's move on to Speaking DBC Speaking of that, picks. who won this week? Freddie won DVC picks with Martin Truex Jr. I'm not going to lie. I thought I had it with Christopher. So. Yeah, you never yeah. had it. Nobody had You weren't even close. Whatever. Uh, let's move on to Pocono, and I will go first. I'll Uh-oh. take. That means you finished last. Exactly. Thought she was going to win. Okay, but only last. because. I'm not going to go into this. How do you finish last? Well, he wrecked towards the end. Um, Being a bad teammate. I am going to pick. Our new Bush guy, Ross Chastain. Was TJ. TJ. Who did TJ pick? TJ picks Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Oh, he's got a high percentage. Leading the lap. It's my turn next. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Man, there's not many races left. We've only got six until it resets. I'm looking for a Toyota. Uh, A fast Toyota would be nice. Um, Freddie, are you going to be worth this weekend? Uh, We've been decent there. Well, where does Bubba rank this track? Like, does he like this track? Um, I wouldn't say it's one of his favorites. This is, remember, we went through the first turn wall here one time. Um, I don't know if you recall that. Yeah. With no brakes. So that, that wasn't his fault. That probably hit, hit, His hit there and Bobby Labonte, if you YouTube Bobby Labonte's wreck back in Interstate Batteries car day, he backed one in. I, oh, that's a, that ain't a place on the longest straightaway at NASCAR you want to hit the wall. No. I don't want to hit any wall. Bubba learned his lesson, though, because when the same thing happened at Gateway, he hung a right and drove it straight in the fence. Man, Daniel Suarez has got to have a good race here. He's got to pick it up. Uh, he's obviously the first guy out on the playoff bubble. Um, Michael McDowell's hanging in there tough, man. He was having a good run yesterday. I w- thought it was interesting that he made the comment that, you know, it may not be up to him what he does because he's been rumored to go in that 10 car. Yeah. And, and then he comes out publicly and says, they've got an option on me. And when they've got an option on you – they hold the cards. These owners hold the card most yeah. most of the time. Uh, we know that they've got an owner uh, an option owner option on Zane Smith, and doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. Yeah. So, what does Todd Gilliland do? I mean, is he the guy that's going to be a free agent? He might be out. Yeah, uh, man, I'm going to risk it. I kind of wanted to save him, but I damn sure wouldn't use him at a road course, Bubba Wallace. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to text him though and tell him to you know tell him to step his game up. Yeah. I'll take uh, Ryan Blaney. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, what can we expect heading to Pocono? Hopefully, it's beautiful dry. weather. Jesus, seventies. No Canadian fire smoke, no which we've been experiencing here in Charlotte. Has it been smoky here? I've Dude, been here I went week. out yesterday to do long toss of Bodie. It was his first day back after being off a month with his arm in baseball. And, dude, pouring, soaking wet. It was honestly, I was struggling to breathe. It was, it was, uh, that's, I don't know if that's got anything to do with the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, I was sweating more than normal. But no, Pocono uh, is, uh, it's an interesting track. Obviously, three completely different corners. It used to be horsepower was king at this place. And you look at a guy like Doug Gates, man, he put a ton of effort into this race because he knew coming out of this race that he was going to Indianapolis, which would we considered somewhat of a sister track. Long straightaways, you got to break hard for the, you know, the, the, the turn there to make it in, at the Brickyard, which you now no longer do because we run a road course. But now they're in the throttle so much in the corner Corner speeds are almost freaking more important than the straightaway speeds. Yeah, and and this place is just, you know, it it lends itself lends itself to kind of drawn out races, and we don't see a lot of fuel mileage anymore. This is a place where you that kind of crease back in. This is a place where we're going to see that road course style racing again, where guys are peeling off and pitting before the end of the stages because there's going to be cautions here. Um, and that's going to be interesting to watch for these guys, especially, you, you know, we talked about them earlier, Bubba, Suarez, McDowell. They, cannot, they can't play into that they strategy. They can't play into that strategy. So what you're going to do is forfeit track position because you have to stay out and try to get points. Now, obviously, you know, we'll know ahead of time, but you're going to see it with three to go in the stage. Coming to three to go, guys are going to start pulling off with their, within a certain gap of the leader. Um, and you're going to know whether or not you're going to get stage points. And if you can chase them, you're going to have to, especially for those three or four guys. And then there's going to be guys that are contending for the win, the true X's, the Byron's that we talked about, the guys that are just going for, you know, there may be, if you're leading, you may stay out and get that stage point. I mean, the, the playoff, playoff point big. is a big deal. Um, especially so, stage one. Yeah. So, you know, that'll be something fun to watch for this week. And, and talk about fun to watch. It's action packed Saturday for sure. You've got a truck race, a cup practice, cup qualifying, then an Xfinity race, all packed into one day there that's a lot of work for you uh not really i mean i don't really i'm pushing a button it's not like i mean i've been standing up there for a long time but uh i'm not really working very hard uh but yeah so that'll be fun then obviously the cup race on sunday so a lot of action this week hopefully i seen maybe a little bit of rain in the forecast friday looks like pretty clear weekend thank god um but you never know up there in pocono it seems like we always kind of get some kind of funky weather remember one one spot or two spotter uh, one, yeah. I tr- I tried that one year with the two spotter deal, and some guys still do it. Um, they kind of put somebody down about half because we can't see turn one. I I tell this story all the time. Bubba came up there. I spot Bubba was running Xfinity for Roush, and I was spotting for Biffle. And Bubba comes stand next to me. He come and stood next to me uh, for the start of the Cup race, and we were both leaned down over the railing. And when I came back up, you know, because you're you're leaned out as far as you can, and it's forty guys looking at the back of forty guys' heads. Uh, except for whoever was lucky enough to be the last guy in line. And uh, Bubba looks at me and goes, you're a liar. He's, he's like, you're what? He's like, you can't see down there. He's like, what? You telling me yesterday I was clear. He's like, you're just lying. I was like, well, I mean, I was guessing. guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't really lying. So he's like, from now, from that point on, he doesn't ever trust me anymore into one. So you can't see the entry to one good, but two, you know, three is fun. That um, tunnel turn is scary. Yeah, and, I, and you tell <laughs> every year – I told that I forget who it was. I think it was like Austin Hill when he first started running trucks. I was like, man, 
do not bust your ass in the tunnel on the first lap. I said, you will not believe how much faster you're going to be going down in there when you're packed up. I said, guys are going to be on your door. I said, just be careful of the tunnel turning. Guess what happened? We Boom. busted our ass the first lap. Good listener. Down the tunnel turn. Yeah, he. I mean, there was on his door and then whatever. But, uh, you know, you'll see that a lot, especially if they're side by side through there. It's it's a it's a tricky triangle for a reason. And that's that's one of the corners there. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. And, and hopefully we have a good race. And I think we will go, go to Woody's and have a drink for me, a beer or a something i will go to what's that, that place on a lake i like so much something brewery i don't remember the name they got i really near is it down they got music outside yeah we'll usually sit outside there i don't remember the name of it though uh it's near nick's but anyway i love that area man yeah. I, I grew to love it and a lot of nice people up there and uh have fun i'll be watching yeah well thank you guys so much for listening we miss you tj can't wait to so, well, hold bug on you next week. Hang, hang on a minute. Uh, I also found TJ, his boat. I found I, his boat. We Look, don't miss you. I'm, I hope I you're getting it. better soon, but we don't miss you by any found, means. Found his boat, guys. You got his boat? Yep. Oh, oh, that's good. We'll save that for next week. Save that for him. Deal. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll see y'all in a week. Have a good one. We out. Word. Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.